What's up, soccer fans? Welcome to the Soccer Brothers Podcast. I'm your host, Saho Qatar, and I'm joined by my brother, Nihal. How are you, Nihal? I am doing well. I'm doing well, man. I'm excited to be back in the podcasting game. You know, it's it's been a long time. It's been like two years. This I think this is our what? This is our third or or fourth relaunch. I don't I don't know, um, but yeah, I think I think technically it's our just our third. Okay, so it's a well a third relaunch or a third launch. Our <laughs> third launch. Okay. Our third season. Season okay. is, that's what we tried to do last time, right? We tried yes. to do like season two. Yes. So this is. I don't know if we're doing that this time, but this is Soccer Brothers Mark Three. We'll just we'll just change what's in front of it. But I'm doing okay. Um, you know, the U.S. men's national team played today for the first time in, like, what, 285 days? I think that's the number I saw all over Twitter. So uh, that has me excited. Um, before we talk about the game, though, we did just want to pay our respects to Daryl Grove of the Total Soccer Show. Um, our thoughts are with his family and Taylor and everyone else who knew or listened to Daryl. Um, Daryl was just an incredible source of light in the soccer community. Um, he, you know, we had the chance to speak to him on this podcast and he was actually planning to come on another show, um, before we stopped recording last time. And he was just so kind and so gracious. Um, and you know, the total soccer show is one of the reasons why soccer has grown so much. So he, he will be severely, severely missed and kudos to the U S men's national team for honoring Daryl in their, um, in their graphic for, for the kit numbers today. That was really cool. Yeah, uh, Daryl was a huge inspiration to us to even start the podcast, and he always brought a positive energy that really made me not only you know love that podcast, but start to fall in love with the podcast medium itself. He really is one of the best podcasters I've ever listened to, and you know just hearing him say hello and welcome over that instrumental, the Total Soccer Show, that's something that I'll that I'll never forget. Yeah. Uh, he was just such a good guy, too. Yeah, and I'm sure I'll, I'll listen to it um, multiple times in the future. But, you know, yeah, it, I mean, it just, it's really unfortunate. And again, all of our thoughts are, are with are with Daryl's wife, his family. Uh, we will put a link to his GoFundMe in the description down below for his family to help pay for some of the hospital bills. So if you are interested in supporting um, his family, please make sure you go check that out. All right, so I guess, you know, it's hard to transition out of that, but the U.S., as I said, the U.S. men's national team did play today, Sahil. Yes, they did. They did. The U.S. men's national team played the Wales national team in Swansea on Thursday afternoon in the U.S. Well, depending on where you live, it could even be morning, but uh, evening in Wales. And uh, <laughs> 285 days, as you said. Why, did, why did you, why'd you go through all the time zones? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. That's actually alienating like all our other listeners who aren't in Wales or the U.S. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you could have been watching this like in the middle of the night. We do not know. <laughs> the point is, it happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so many players had changed clubs since the last time we saw this team. You know, it's kind of funny. Like, I you we say 285 days, and it's been that long. But I don't know if it's felt that long because I wasn't probably excited about this team 285 days ago. But because of all the transfers and all the new players changing nationalities and all that kind of stuff, and so much has happened since we last podcasted. I mean, obviously, you, like, yeah. Well, but... no, that, that's that's true. I think the last time we saw this team was January camp, and Uliana's scored a penalty goal, and he looked really good. Um, so, 
Yeah, and you know, there were a lot of questions about about Greg Berhalter. Um, at that point, though, like, Serginio Dest, I think, had already committed, so that was that was cool. Um, yes, yeah, he, he committed, I think, last fall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so, um, you know, a lot of these, as you said, so we, I mean, we did, obviously we didn't record a roster breakdown or anything like that, but, you know, a lot of these these players have broken through or, you know, have changed clubs, as you said. Uh, Serginio Dest now plays for Barcelona. Anthony Robinson now plays for Fulham. Gio Reyna is a regular starter at Borussia Dortmund. Conrad De La Fuente is on the bench any week, every week at um, uh, Barcelona. Uh, Weston McKenney now plays for Juventus, which is probably one of the craziest ones. And, um, you know, some of the, you know, Chris Richards has broken through and, and played some first-team minutes. Richie Ledesma just made his debut last week and got an assist. So, uh, you know, it, the team, it just it feels... It just feels exciting, right, all, to see all of these young players together. Um, I mean, we still haven't really seen our, our strongest starting 11 um, ever under Greg Berhalter, I don't think. So I'm, I'm excited, and hopefully, you know, everyone is healthy and we are able to see that. Uh, but as you said, yeah, I mean, I think the, obviously people were excited because we hadn't played, but people were particularly excited because of this roster. Um, so... Right. Yeah, agreed. Good observation. And I think I think uh, it's funny because usually in games like these, the second half it tends to not be as exciting because usually you're kind of like watching for like like three or four exciting new players, right? Like there's something new you're looking for. But in this game, like even if you subbed off all you you, you even if you subbed off everyone exciting, there would still be exciting players left. You know what I mean? For sure. Like, and exciting players coming in. It's so cool to see that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, yeah, agreed. I mean, I, I think, obviously, there's only one MLS player on this roster, and that was Sebastian Legette, because Josh Sargent, Josh Sargent had to withdraw due to COVID restrictions. Christian Pulisic, of course, wasn't there. Um, so it wasn't exciting as it could have been, but um, it nonetheless, it was it was very exciting. And I must say, I really like these jerseys. I thought they looked really good. Um, I, I didn't hear, I didn't see anyone talking about them, but they remind, it reminded me a lot of the Centennial jersey. So, uh, I always, I always love that jersey. So I'm, I'm happy to see a jersey I like. Yep. New leaf, new jersey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should we talk about the game itself? No. no okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the game ended up 0-0, stalemate, uh, ended up. I feel like there weren't even that many chances in this game. Both teams combined for just over 10 shots. Only three shots on target the entire game. I mean, there were, there were definitely some exciting passages of play, but, I mean, it looks like two national teams that hadn't played in a while. Well, and Wales had, right? Wales have played in the previous in the previous window. Um, obviously, oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah. You know, they, they didn't have their starting goalkeeper, um, Wayne Hennessy. I believe his first name's Wayne, but Hennessy. Uh, they didn't have Gareth Bale today. Aaron Ramsey wasn't in the team, so they were missing some big players themselves. Um, but it was very slo- it was very sloppy. Everyone looked a little bit rusty. You know, none of these players have really played together besides Tyler Adams and Weston McKinney and Serginio Dest, right? None of besides. I mean, Legit also played with them, I guess, and and Stefan has. Yeah, I, yeah, and Brooks and Miazga, I think, have played five games together, but. Um, the, the front three had never played together, uh, and obviously Tyler Adams and Weston McKinney had never played with Eunice Musa. So 
there was going to be a learning curve. Um, all of these players are young, so, and the ones making their debuts, um, you know, wanted to impact the game in a big way. And I think that was pretty evident throughout the match. So it's understandable that, that the team was sloppy. And I think, um, I think the U.S. really did grow into the game to the point where they started to dominate. Uh, and it's unfortunate that the U.S. couldn't score a goal um, and, and get a win today. And, I mean, we can talk about why they didn't score. Um, yeah, I think, I think we know why. <laughs> yeah, I mean, which is Sebastian Legette playing at striker. And he had one good chance. He had that little back, back heel, that flick that I think was actually pretty... I mean, I think that was on target. I think that would have gone in if it wasn't blocked. Um, yeah, that was, that was a good effort. Yeah. Um, that was And that was off the really wonderful interplay between, was it McKenney and... Uh, who was it? Dest, I think? Yeah. Um, yeah, full, full disclosure. So I was at work when this game... I was at work when this game happened. So I was keeping one eye on it. I was able to watch most of the second half pretty intently, but the first half I, I kept on having to like do other things. So um, if we if we get some of the details wrong, we apologize. Why well, I didn't have time to rewatch it today, um, but on Monday I think I'll, I'll be able to pay more attention. Actually, I, I think I will be able to pay more attention because I think I'm leaving at two on Monday. So. Um, but yeah, yeah, Sebastian Lechette, I don't know why I went to the, uh, you know, very much like the U.S. Men's National Team, I am rusty at podcasting. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, just in general, <laughs> we have not done this in a while. So. Yeah, so so bear with us. Um, but yeah, Sebastian Lechette playing striker or false nine, I don't even really know. And again, since I wasn't paying as much attention as I would have liked to, I, I couldn't get a... a a real sense of, of what the tactics were. I did see in the first half, Serginho Dest sort of pinching into the midfield. And at times in the second half, being the farthest man forward in the center of the pitch. I don't know if you noticed that, but that was really weird to me. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, legit. I mean, he's not a striker. I mean, I don't think he, I think probably the consensus is going to be he played badly. I don't really think he played poorly. It's just not his position. And, you know, this, this game was just screaming for some link-up play at the top of the box or for someone to just make the right run. Reyna had a, or, uh, you know, Reyna was looking for someone to play in her play with. Dest had a, a couple of really nice crosses into the box that no one was making the run. I mean, we were pretty much yeah. no, non-factors on set pieces, even though we do have John Brooks and Matt Miazga and Weston McKenney. I mean, it, it seemed like none of those were going to go in. Um, or even have a chance of going in. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think they just really missed a striker today. And obviously, Josh Sargent is couldn't come. Josie Alzador and Giassi Zardes are, are preparing for MLS or the MLS Cup playoffs. But we did have players like uh, uh, Nicholas Giochini, um and Sebastian Soto on the bench. He was initially set to start the game, and then he got pulled out at the last second. Or, or at least the, the U.S. men's national team tweeted the wrong, the wrong lineup. Yeah, I was really confused because I, I didn't look at Twitter again until the start of the game. And I was like, wait, Sebastian Legette's starting? Um, I, and I don't think it was due to an injury. I didn't hear anything about that. So I don't I, I don't understand why that happened. I think the graphic was just wrong. So Greg just played a bad lineup or planned a bad lineup. I mean, not bad. I shouldn't say bad. I think that was like just the only weak part of it. It just didn't make sense to be going in. It, it didn't. It didn't. I think. I mean. I think it would have made more sense if you had two really direct wingers. Conrad's direct, 
But, I mean, if you had, like, Pulisic on one side and, and Timothy Way on the right side, I think that would have made a little bit more sense to have a false nine sort right. of playing those balls in behind the defense. But Giorena likes to, you know, drop deep into sort of that false nine-ish spot, um, uh, you know, into the uh, onto the edge of the boxes on either side. So um, I, it just was it was a little weird um, to have Sebastian Legette there. But, we, I mean, we now know that Sebastian Legette cannot play – the false nine. Cesc Fabregas couldn't do it, so it's not really a knock on him. Um, but, like, you know, I, it was just weird. Um, Jokini came in. He didn't do a, a, a whole lot, but uh, he only had 11 minutes, and we didn't see Sebastian Soto. But, I mean, we also had Timothy, Timothy Way on the bench, too, who, who can play striker. So, um, I... I I didn't, I wasn't, I don't know. I, I haven't listened to the press conference, so I don't know if that was um, addressed. I'm sure it was. Um, but yeah, I mean, what, what were your thoughts on that? I, I'm going to go look and see if Greg said anything. Um, yeah, I mean, my, I mean, I would have just rather had way of starting. I mean, I, I understand that uh, LeJet has, I mean, played, has more national team experience, but clearly that wasn't, you know, like... Uh, a factor in, in the rest of these lineup choices. So I didn't understand it. I, I just didn't think, I mean, like you said, I didn't think Letjet played bad necessarily, though I did think he was invisible for a lot of parts, which is makes sense because he's playing a role that he doesn't, he just doesn't play for his club. And I, yeah, I didn't understand that. It, it felt like there were so many chances where there was a good cross or there was nice link up play between the winger and the center midfield on each respective side. Um, like Musa and Reyna and Des, that side looked so good today. And there were lots of chances to, to cross it in, and there was just not really anyone there. I, I will, I mean, I, there should be a little bit of, I wouldn't say blame, but uh, onus on Conrad de la Fuente, because I think he did have actually a couple chances. He, he did have that chance in the first half where he uh, skied it. And yeah, that was, a, that was a great chance that he should have put on target at least. And there was a couple other chances where it felt like he did have chances to make a, a move in the final third and just could not get much going. I, I, I wasn't super he, impressed with Conrad today, but I mean, it's his first appearance. You so. know, I, it's interesting because, you know, when, when I heard that Conrad was breaking through at Barcelona, I was sort of like, really, Conrad? Because, I mean, I, th I think he obviously has a lot of potential to be a really good player. Um, and Ronald Koeman believes in him. But I just remember watching the U20 World Cup and thinking, why is this guy starting over Ulianes? Ulianes is a lot more direct. I, he does tend to be looking down at the ball a little bit too much, but you saw Ulianes come in and immediately get a shot off on, on goal. Right. That was a great effort, yeah. He, and um, Conrad, to me, he just, he, every time I've seen him play, he's been a little bit underwhelming, right? I, I think I always want him to take on players one-on-one. -on -one. That never seems to happen. Um, he never seems to beat the man, the beat, um, beat the man that's on him. And he never seems to beat the first man with his cross. I'm sure he does. I mean, he, he obviously does. And he's going to be, I, hopefully a really good player, but I, I think this was a real chance for him to, to show some quality. And, and Greg did say post game actually that he thought Conrad did show some quality. So maybe I missed some of it in the first half. That sounds like shade, but I'm serious when I say that. Um, but so yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, he didn't have someone to cross it into. So it's hard to really judge what was going on there. But I think there were just some chances where he was just, like, 
didn't have good touches and right. like the possession or the yeah like we lost possession because of Conrad and and Anthony Robinson on that side the left the right the right side was definitely much better than the left side but right. it felt like in the first half we were going down the left side more right that might be because Brooks is a better distributor than Miazga just looked overall better than Miazga today I mean which well he, he's a better player than Miazga right. you know we never see again we're so rusty um, we didn't even we didn't even go through the starting eleven. Um, so we, we, I'll quickly go through it. We had Zach Steffen at goal and from right to left on the back line, we had Serginho Dest, Matt Miazga, John Brooks, and Anthony Robinson at left back. Uh, in the midfield, we had Tyler Adams playing defensive mid, which is incredible. I mean, it's finally happened, um, with Weston McKenney and the debutante, um, Eunice Musa, uh, playing in front of, uh, Tyler Adams. Uh, and then we had the other, the two other debutants, Giovanni Reyna and Conrad De La Fuente, um, playing on the right wing and the left wing, uh, respectively. And Sebastian Legit playing something striker. I don't know, false yeah, side. I, I, nothing really. <laughs> um, Fourth midfielder. Right, and I think we're, we're, I guess we're getting some of the bad out of the way first. I, I think that uh, Anthony Robinson had a rough go of it in the first half. Looked a lot better in the second half, and he also, I mean, we had more possession in the second half, um, or at least it felt like we had more possession in the second half, so I think that obviously helps uh, Anthony Robinson, um, because he's still not the greatest defender in the world, but it just, he baffled, what is up with their fullbacks looking so great at club level and just crapping their pants at the U.S. level? I mean, it happened with Timmy Chandler. And it's happening with Anthony Robinson. He's just had, he hasn't had a good game at the at the national team level. And he's a good he's a good left back. Like he's a really good left back. He's a starter in in, in the Premier League, um, which I mean is not the end all be all. But I mean he's a very good attacking player. But he just had some bad touches and bad crosses. And I don't know. I, I don't know what it was uh, today. But what did you yeah, think? He- what do you think of his performance? What do you think of his? Yeah, no, yeah, he. Uh, no, he just looked <laughs> very out of it. I think going forward, he was losing the ball uh, in the back line. He didn't feel as comfortable playing it out of the back sometimes and lost the ball. Um, I just I, I texted you this in the first half, but it just felt like half the time we were losing possession, it was because of Anthony Robinson. Now I will say that the conditions were not good in this game, and I, I think that might have led to a lot of the sloppiness in general. Um, True. I mean. It is hard to play when the ball is wet and it's raining. So I, that is something we should mention. But overall, he, Anthony Robinson, I think, was yeah maybe the weakest player on the pitch. It did seem like he was having a hard time judging the speed of the ball. So you might be onto something there. He also had to deal with Matundo, who I thought was probably the best player for Wales in, in the first half. Attacking player, at least. Um, we, should, we should probably go through Wales' team, too. <laughs> <laughs> they had yeah, yeah. yeah they had Danny Ward in goal um and then at right back they had uh, Connor Roberts um and they had uh Tom Lockyer and James Alexander Lawrence in the center playing center back they had Chris Gunter playing left back in midfield they had Dylan Levitt and Matthew Smith as the double pivot um and then on the right side of the attacking midfield they had Ra- is it rabbi or is it robbie matundo who plays for Schalke, i believe i think he's still there um harry wilson at the center attacking midfielder spot tom lawrence on the left wing and um Kiefer moore up top so i don't know matundo is really the only and harry wilson were really the only two players i was super familiar with 
Um, in the starting lineup, yeah. In the starting lineup, yeah. Um, ben Davies didn't start. David Brooks didn't start. So Ethan Ampandu also didn't start. So, I, I, yes, I don't know. I don't. I mean, they have two more games in this window, Wales. Um, so it makes sense. But that's true, yeah. Um, but yeah, Matondo I thought was probably their most exciting player, and, and he was coming down that right side for Wales um, against Anthony Robinson. So yeah, I mean, I, well, hopefully we see Anthony Robinson again. Um, I kind of, I kind of want to see Serginho Dest on the left and, and Reggie Cannon on the right. I don't know how you feel about that. Um, I mean, I think right back is by far Serginho's Dest's right, best right. position. Right, right. I just feel like you're missing so much with Dest. I mean, not not so much, but he just looks so good on the right-hand side. But He does. Eh, it makes I mean, sense. Reggie Cannon, I think, is a really... I really like Reggie Cannon. I really rate Reggie Cannon. So, I mean, it's not... It's not I, I, I honestly... I, I would even consider playing Serginho Dest at right wing. But I, I don't know if that'll ever happen. Um, I know we talked about that with Yedlin, but I mean, Serginho Dest is actually good at the offensive side of the game. Um, so, you know, I think that could work, but besides the point, I mean, why don't we talk about Serginho Dest? I mean, since we're already, we already are kind of, um, I thought he was one of the best players on the pitch tonight, if not the best player. What do you think of his performance? Yeah, I thought he was definitely one of the best. Like I said, that, that right-hand side felt like really electrifying. There are moments where they felt pretty in sync where... Reyna was pinching in and Dest was overlapping. Right. And uh, not that that really ever amounted to anything, but partly because there was no uh, striker. But uh, he just looked super comfortable going forward. And I thought positionally, like, he, he got back often enough. I think I, I think I noticed Robinson caught more out uh, on the back end in terms of both fullbacks. So, uh, yeah, I thought he was possibly the best player on the pitch. He felt he, he was confident on the ball. He was beating guys off the dribble, doing scissors, like, he, he he like it, it, he felt like he felt like the best player on the pitch, and he felt like he was leading our team on on many attacking opportunities. Yeah, and I mean I think that was sort of the point of Gio Reyna pinching in and Serginho Dest sort of having the entire right wing to himself. Um, so uh, yeah, he was all over the place. I we sort of I talked about that. We t- we talked about it. I mean, he was all over the place. He is uh, I believe the most skilled player in the pool and it's probably i don't think it's that close at the moment um is that a hot take is that a bad take (laughs) uh probably not actually i mean skilled yeah yeah just pure skill i mean yeah pure skill i would would probably actually agree with you but yeah yeah i mean like christian pulisic has skill i would have definitely disagreed with you like six months ago i feel like but now that i i don't know now that i've been seeing deaths for barcelona and and here like yeah. Well, and, you know, those little, like, passes where he just, like, I don't even know how to describe those pa- It's the Really good players can pass it so effortlessly, even if it's just, like, a pass that's going four yards, you know what I mean? Um, right. They're, they're able to make it a part of their, a part of their skill, if they're trying to do a skill, um, or they're able to do it almost immediately after catching the opponent off guard and I think Serginho Dest has that quality he doesn't really have to he doesn't have to look or think about his passes if that makes sense um so yeah I thought he was great um and then we talked about Robinson we talked about Dest well why don't we talk about go ahead why don't we stay on that right hand side because I want to talk about Gio Reyna a bit who's off to a good start in 
in the Bundesliga. He's actually second in fouls drawn and fourth in goal creating actions in the Bundesliga. So off to a really good start. But that doesn't today. What I, I was gonna say that doesn't surprise me. The the fouls drawn thing. He's yeah yeah. <laughs> he's really good at that. He and Pulisic but share some DNA in that in that way. <laughs> yeah, except Reno uh, doesn't look hurt when he gets up. So that's true. <laughs> that's true. I get more nervous when Pulisic's falling over. Yeah. Um. But I thought he looked pretty good on the ball. Like, he looks like... He, I mean, he's one of the best dribblers in the pool, period. And he showed that much. But I thought just sometimes positionally, he wasn't very comfortable, wasn't making a ton of runs where I felt like he was uh, threatening Wales' defense. I, I, I just... I, I think he was a little too invisible for moments in this game. What do you think? I, I thought... Mean, even though we know that was part of the game plan, opening up the wing for Dest, I just thought... He wasn't, on counterattacks, he wasn't doing that much. I think ideally this looks like Reyna pinching in and then someone like Musa, who can also play out wide, you know, also going out wide with Serginio Dest. Um, I thought he was, honestly, if you were to ask me, he probably was in the bottom three for me today. Um, I I think he wasn't as bad as De La Fuente or Robinson. I mean, Stefan doesn't really count. He didn't do, I mean, he made one fantastic save, actually. Um, but I, yeah, solid save. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, okay, fine. I I don't think Reyna had a great game, and it reminded me of the U seventeen World Cup in that it seemed like he was trying to do too much. You know, sometimes what has really impressed me this year about Gio Reyna in the Dortmund side is it seems like he's always making the right decision, and he has a lot of deference, and he's looking for the run of Erling Holland. And again, we, he did not have a striker. He did not have you know Sebastian Lecce and Erling Holland are two. <laughs> vastly different players uh, when it comes to the striker position. So he didn't have that, and it felt like because of that, he was trying to do too much. Um, there was one passage of play where he had, like, three options, really. He had Sebastian Legette, he had Anthony Robinson, um, and one other player where he, where he could have passed it, and he just continued to dribble. And there was a couple of other times where he just dribbled at the top of the box without passing it. And he can do that, but I think sometimes he... he he, he did this at the, the U-17 World Cup is where I was going, is where he, it seemed like he was trying to do too much. And, um, you know, I think if maybe Christian Pulisic w- were there, um, or even Josie Altidore uh, were there, I think maybe that wouldn't have happened. But, you know, it's, it's his debut, and he's a 17-year-old kid. He wants, and his dad played for the U.S. national team. He wants to do something. I mean, it's, it's understandable. Like, I don't think it's an indictment on Gio Reyna's ability. We all know he's a fantastic footballer, and he's, he's one, one of the most promising players in the world, really. Um, so, what did you say? Did you say, where was he in assists in the Bundesliga? Uh, he's tied for sixth. I didn't actually say that, but he's okay. tied for sixth. He's tied for sixth. Fourth uh, in goals, creating chances. Oh, that's what he said. Um, yeah. yeah. So I mean, he, he's he's a fantastic player, and if Yunus Musa is going to be a United States men's national team player, Reyna is probably most likely going to have to play on the wing. Right. This is probably where he's going to be, and he can do that. Um, you know, right wing is probably not where he wants to be. He, he likes to operate on the left side of the pitch or in the center. Um, but I think he can still impact the game in a, in a, in a really positive way, obviously. I'm just saying obvious things. But, like, what, what, am I, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is us being critical of Gio Reyna doesn't mean we don't believe in him, obviously, you know? Like, but I feel like that's sort of the... Maybe I've been on, on USMNT Twitter for too long, but I feel like sometimes 
it seems like these players are like untouchable. But Gio Reyna, you know, he he. I I hope we see him be more of a team player against Panama. Um, so and and I'm sure Greg will talk to him about that. So. And you know, and by the way, I, I mean, it would have helped to put any number nine out there, right? Like that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right, but but at the same time though, th- this is that is probably my number one concern that maybe we won't have a number nine that Reyna will feel like he does with Holland or et cetera, like who you feel comfortable well, like just playing crosses. And I'm not, you know, that's a high bar, obviously. Well, for but, him, for him, it's not even crosses; it's just like through balls. Right. Uh, right. And I honestly, I I feel like I'm talking myself into Giassi's artist speaker starting striker. I mean, there's not many options. I mean, I think it's the U.S.'s weakest position now. It, it probably is. Um, so I, that's where I'm, I'm. That's I think that's my number one concern for the national team right now. That position. I just. I, I mean, Josie's like fine, like, but he he's getting older too. So. I mean, you have Daryl uh, DK and MLS has been doing really well. Io Akinola uh, too, who did really well at the MLS's back tournament. Aaron Johansson. <laughs> I mean, you know why? Why not? Why uh, I would have loved to see him. I think he would have. I think he probably would have scored today. Um, I think, yeah, honestly. honestly, I think Jassy Zardes probably would have scored today. Um, but I mean, I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see what we have in in, in Nicholas Jolkini. He ha- he has been scoring consistently in, in League Two, um, and I am not really. I haven't watched any League Two, so I don't know the level of competition or the quality of competition. But when he's on the pitch, he, he looks like a traditional center forward, right? But you can also tell he can move and, and he has some skill. So I, he's a really exciting um, player for me. Josh Sargent is still a person. He still exists. That is true. That is true. Um, <laughs> and, and I know he's at Werder Bremen, so he, he like gets, you know, played at like right back or, you know, whatever. But, you know, we, we've, seen, we've seen players. I mean, I'm an Everton fan, for those of you who don't know. I mean... Sargent reminds me a lot of Dominic Calvert-Lewin um, in that he, he's a very hard worker. Um, I actually, I honestly think Josh Sargent is, is a more skilled player than Dominic Calvert-Lewin, which is incredible, crazy to say. But um, I, I think my point is Dominic Calvert-Lewin at Everton was never in a good position, right? He was never in a team that... that uh, enabled him to be a good striker, and that's how that's how it is for Josh Sargent at Werder Bremen. It's to the point where I don't even watch him play because it's so sad to see he's on an island, um, or he's being well, played. Josie from... play forty two times. Yeah, uh, yes, I did. That was, <laughs> and I think that's why I don't do that anymore because that <laughs> literally destroyed my soul. Um, maybe that's what drove me into depression. I'll, I'll bring that up next time in therapy. Um, but you know it. Anyway, we have Josh Sargent, we have Joe Keeney, Timothy Weah. I think Greg sees as a winger, um, but he, he he in the limited minutes he's had for Lille this year, he's played at striker. And Sebastian Soto has been scoring in the Eris Tavisi, which is the the second division in the Netherlands. But as you say, we we want to see these guys start to score at, at higher levels, um, and no no one, literally no one, is doing it right now. Um, outside of MLS, so and League Two and the second division in the Netherlands. So we, you are absolutely correct. That's the striker position is our weakest position. But to me, that doesn't mean play Sebastian Lejet at striker. 
No, no, no. I agree with that. But I'm saying this might be something we circle back to in a, in a different way later on. But the false nine? No, no. I mean, like, just like today we were concerned because we literally didn't have a striker. I'm saying just like maybe down the road we'll be concerned because of our our lack of good striker play. Yeah. I mean, yes, I, I, I agree. And I'm interested to see if one of our, if anyone else, I, I mean, I don't know. I guess I don't really want to see a false nine, but I I, I think Gio Reyna with, with Christian Pulisic and uh, like Jordan Morris on the wing, I think that could work, honestly, because those are two really direct, like pacey players who can get in behind and um, yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah, it could. I mean, that's, that's literally the only false nine iteration of the u.s i would be interested in seeing at all um because i mean jordan morris is a good good player so i know that's like a meme but he he really is um all right it's already been half an hour so why don't why don't we head into the midfield um and let's save the most exciting for last let's start with tyler adams at center defensive mid how do you think he did there i thought he was really good i feel like you know he's if anyone is, like, the quarterback of this team, I mean, not in the same way that Michael Bradley was a quarterback because, you know, like, he was just kind of played, like, longer balls and, like, it felt like the ball went through him on every position possession. I feel like Adams is very smart in that he positions himself in different ways, like, depending on the situation, and it's not always going through him. Like, I think he makes the right runs and creates space for other players when he needs to, but... I mean, I didn't. I didn't think he did much wrong today. I thought he was pretty solid. That's yeah. I I, I agree, and I think I was excited to see him at at center defensive mid. Um, he's played there for Leipzig Leipzig this year. He's played right back. He's played center back. So I mean, he's obviously a, a very versatile player. And actually, um, the manager for for um, for Leipzig said. You know, Ty- we want Tyler Adams to sort of be the quarterback of our team, and that's when he was talking about him playing center back in a back oh. three. Oh. But, um, and I don't know if that was just because he's American. But, yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> but German, German clubs and like love to like market the fact that their players are American. I'm fine with it. No, no, but, yeah, they do a good job. They do it effectively. But I think, I mean, I don't think the manager is marketing the club. Yeah, uh, so, um, and it's interesting because. Weston McKenney, and I mean, I, maybe we can just talk about both because I thought Weston McKenney was fantastic today as well. Weston McKenney always does Weston McKenney things in that he has some bad touches, some wayward passes, and sometimes you're just like, "What are you doing?" But today, what he had a couple of those at the very beginning, and then I thought he really, he right. really grew into the game. He, I think he did th- show more technical flashes than I was expecting today. Or well, he, like he, like those one twos and Right, he looks confident, right? Like with with his with his crossfield ball. He's he's the one who's making a lot of crossfield balls. He had a couple of really nice recoveries and tackles. And yeah. it, it, it's really interesting to me. Sorry, I, I don't mean to cut you off because but when you when you think of like a traditional ball winning number 6, like Weston McKinney fits that mold a little bit more than Tyler Adams, in my opinion. Um, but Weston McKinney is such a powerful force going forward that you want him sort of being that box-to-box midfielder. But what I mean is McKinney is a lot more willing to get into challenges or into cover people, cover for people and make a slide tackle, um, a sliding tackle, whereas Tyler Adams is just so good at closing 
off and closing down space and forcing the opponent right. to pass it backwards or to pass it sideways. And the combination of having those two in the midfield is like nirvana. It's incredible. Um, and right. they're so young. They're not even close to their peaks. So uh, it's just so exciting. It's so exciting no, to see those two there. I absolutely agree. McKenny, I've always loved McKenny, And I, 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 I think... I think you need a player that's going to just run his ass off for 90 minutes and just do everything he can, even if he's not the most, like, I think he is probably actually more skilled and technically gifted than people give him credit for. Absolutely. But but he is just going to absolutely pour his heart out into the game, and he, he just is everywhere. And I think, I think you're right. I mean, I think there's a perfect harmony there between Tyler Adams playing in that number six and him playing in that box-to-box role. And... I mean, it could even, and if, um, if, uh, if Musa is, I mean, I haven't actually watched much of Musa. So, like, like, can you give me, like, a comp for, like, his overall play style? I watched him today, obviously, and he was very exciting going attacking and was able to link up with other right. players. And, but do you think he can, so you have that defensive presence, you have that box to box presence. Do you think that Musa is that perfect attacking minded player to complete that trio? He is not a number 10, if that's what you're asking. I, I would not consider him a number 10. I would consider him more of um, a box-to-box midfielder who's, who's like, technical and really good at linking up play. Um, I, I, see, I haven't watched a lot of him either, but, like, a comp that comes to my mind is, like, uh, Mateo Kovacic. Okay. Um, but he's... So, uh, I mean... Yeah, I think that's a decent comp. Um, I, I want to see more of Musa. I mean, we all sort of just found about him last week. Um, but, you know, at Valencia, he plays on the right. On the right, He is really willing to take on players one-on-one. Um, and I think he could play number 10. I just, I haven't personally seen enough of his, uh, like, cre- creativity in the final third from the center of the park um, yet. I mean, maybe he could. I don't know. And I think he's also decent on uh, as a defensive player, too. So I think he's going to be really good with Reyna sort of interplaying. Or, you know, what I'm really excited about maybe is even him on the, on the left side of midfield with Pulisic, where Pulisic comes inside and, and plays that, like, pseudo number 10 and Musa's out wide. Um, right. Or, yeah. So I, I think... To me, he's, he's, he's a more... He's like, again, he's a box-to-box player that's more attacking-minded. Which I think really balances well <laughs> with this midfield, right? Like right. that's kind of what you want. Um, and again, I mean, there's there's much more to learn about him. He's not even. We don't even know if he's going to play for the United States. But did you see the picture of him pregame in the <laughs> in the picture? No, I didn't. What was he doing? He he was grinning from ear to ear like he it was so funny he was like the only one smiling in that picture um and apparently coming off the pitch he was ecstatic and it seems like he he has a good rapport with with Weston McKinney and Tyler Adams and Sebastian Lachette and honestly something that I I really do not want um I mean I guess recently we've we've had a lot of it but it's really cool to see uh African American representation um, in, in, in the, and I mean African-American. So I'm, I'm talking about like Tyler Adams and Weston McKinney, um, players, yeah. b- black players who grew up in the U S and Zach Steffen too. Cause it's, it's really is not something we've seen too much of. I mean, we've seen DeMarcus Beasley and Eddie Johnson. 
Um, and I mean, the reason why I'm saying that is because they also had, they unveiled these jackets that said be the change. And Weston McKinney has been such an outspoken advocate uh, for social justice and social change. So I think it's really cool to see that um, and just see all of the different uh, I, it's something that's just wonderful about watching the U.S. men's national team is just seeing the, the influence from everywhere and sort of a microcosm of this country. OK, we'll, we'll get off that. But um, <laughs> anyway, um, I don't even remember what I was talking about. But yes, so Yunus Musa, I, I'm not 100% convinced he's going to stay with the U.S., but I think this was encouraging. And honestly, this was the midfield I wanted to start this game. So I was really excited to see that. Um, until I saw Sebastian Legette starting a striker, then I was kind of like, what? Um, But, yeah, I mean, I think if if this is our midfield for the next 10, 15 years, I I truly believe, if everyone stays healthy, it can be one of the better midfields in the world. I mean, I don't even think that's... I don't even think that's a hot take either. (laughs) Like... Every, every midfield can only have three or four players maximum. Like, so if you have three really high-level players, I mean, Musa's 17, too. Gio Reyna's 17. So, yeah. I mean, McKenney and Adams are just over 20. Um, so, it's, I mean, Dest also is like 20, right? I don't, I don't even know. Like, it, it feels like before Young for the U.S. Men's National Team was like 24, and now we have like seventeen-year-olds yeah. playing at the highest level. Um, it, it, it is it is insane. But what I was going to say about McKinney that I I'm sorry before, I mean I, I don't, there's not a whole lot more to say about Musa right now. I thought he was I thought he was excellent, um, especially in the second half. I mean he he's just sort of a dynamo, uh, and he didn't I, play for Houston. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> We we, <laughs> but he he is in, in the in the center of the park and and you know there was one passage of playing the second half where he was just shouldering off multiple players, stayed on his feet while he was getting fouled and then played it out wide to Serginho Dest. Uh, it was just beautiful to see. Um, so his versatility and his and his technical ability, um, I think, would be very very helpful. And I think another really great thing about Weston McKenney is he's sort of an enforcer. Right, like he's not going to take crap from anyone, and he's going to stick stick up for his teammates. He reminds me of Clint Dempsey a little bit in that way. Um, so, re- I think really valuable. Who was the captain today, by the way? I didn't even. It was it was Zach Stefan. It was Zach Stefan. Okay. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to me. Like, yeah, I think there's so many possible future captains. Um, I hope I don't give it to Pulisic though. No, I think it would be Adams or McKenney if it was anyone yeah. in the outfield. Um, so I know Adams, one of his dreams was to, to captain the U.S. men's national team, so hopefully he's able to do that. I know Greg Berhalter, I don't think we've had anyone be captain for two games in a row under Greg Berhalter, so I don't know. Um, I'm sure, yeah, I, I'm sure it would be Tim Ream if he's in the game, but, um, yeah, any other thoughts on the midfield, though? Yeah, no, I thought, I mean, like you said, I thought it was working really well. Nice balance. It'll be interesting to see. Hopefully we get the same three starting next game, but I don't know how Greg is going to approach that. Um, yeah, 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 I think I think I would prefer that. All right, we talked a lot. Tyler of- Adams, just, just, a, just a quick stat. I mean, he's not the only player to post this yet. It's very early in the season, but uh, he is number one in the league in successful dribble percentage at 100%. So, I mean, obviously the way they classify dribble is different from, like, any dribble, but... 
That's impressive. How how many dribbles has he had? That I do not know. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's played. So yes, no, he has. He, he has played. Um, and we, we sort of already, I think we covered the front three. Conrad Dillafuente, Sebastian Legend, yeah. and Gio Reyna. Um, so, I mean, we can talk about the substitutes briefly. We, uh, we didn't really talk uh, about the center backs, did we? Oh, I guess we didn't. That's right. Or Zach Steffen, but... There's not a whole lot to say with Zach Seven. Center backs, you're right. I thought today I was just I had such a deep appreciation for John Brooks. Dude, I've been today. saying <laughs> I have I not been saying like I think he is so underrated. So not even at the US level, but at the global level. Like I think he's such a good center back. He's like Yeah, no, he's He's like the prototypical center back, right? That you want. He's he's not fast but he's not slow either uh, yeah i think he's like decently fast uh yeah he's not, he's not super fast but definitely he's able to to try to to keep up with right he, he's not as fast as he used to be when he was like bombing down the field against like the netherlands or, <laughs> yeah. or like recovering with on a one-on-three against what was that paraguay in the in the copa america um right. but he's good and he can as you alluded to earlier he can distribute the ball i think Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, I just thought today Brooks, like, every single touch felt so confident from him, and no touch was wasted. Like, I feel like sometimes in the back line, there can just be some kind of passing around, but every time Brooks gets the ball, he knows exactly where the attackers are, how much pressure they're putting on him, and he's, he was constantly looking for Anthony Robinson to pass it to, or any of the midfielders. He could find them all, like, and... And he, and he played a great, some great switches, too. I think there was a long ball to either Rainer or Torino Dest. Uh, so, I mean, and, I mean, defensively, obviously, he was super solid. One, I mean, he had a couple fouls aerially, but he also won some aerial duels. He was he was fantastic to me. Um, he's he's played every minute so far, which, you know, a lot of center backs do early in the season for, for uh, top clubs. But, you know, just since Brooks does have an injury history, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that, but... Um, it's good to see him healthy this year and, and playing at the kind of at the peak of his powers. Agreed. Um, he was awesome, and you know, Matt Miaska was pretty good too. I I, I was pleasantly uh, surprised by him. He's he's playing for uh, Andre Lex now, I believe, on loan from from Chelsea. Yes. Um, and yeah, he was good. He had a, he had one almost he had one or maybe one and a half scary moments, um, but. Yeah, he was good. I think, uh, I think we all want to see Chris Richards against Panama, um, and I think having someone like Chris Richards, who's a bit of a more mobile player, next to John Brooks, will probably be best going forward. But it's it's encouraging to see that Matt Miazga is still a solid player. Because um, yeah, I I think I would evaluate his performance a, a little differently. I mean. I don't think he was terrible by any means, and clearly, like, if we only gave up what, one shot on target, I, I, I mean, nothing that bad could have happened, but he just felt a little more, like, less comfortable than I thought than than Brooks, and it sometimes it felt like we were playing around him, like, if that makes sense, just, like, in the back line, we were just kind right. of always trying to get it to a different defender to play, like, he didn't feel, I don't think, comfortable playing it out of the back, and, yeah, but, right. I mean, he was solid, I mean, he was fine, I should say. Yeah, yeah, well, and, uh, yeah. And, you know, I think having someone on the right, like Chris Richards, who has even played right back for Bayern Munich, 
to be able to cover the space that Serginio Dest is inevitably going to leave, I think is really important. So oh, yeah. um, I think I think Chris Richards will probably. Well, let's see. Let's see what Chris Richards does. Let's let's not you know anoint him the next like you know. Um, I can't even think uh, Maldini. <laughs> um, but I think I think he has such a high ceiling. So um, yeah, and again, Zach Steffen, he had one I think really bad pass to Tyler Adams that could have led to a goal. Um, but he was he was solid. I mean, he he did what he had to do. So yeah, his his distribution for the most part was pretty good. Actually, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, and and hopefully he learns he learns more of that at, at Manchester City. All right, let's quickly talk about the uh, substitution. So interestingly. Greg Berhalter didn't make a substitution until the 71st minute, which is pretty rare in a friendly. And something I actually kind of appreciate, um, I would have appreciated it if it, if, it, if Sebastian Lechette wasn't still on the pitch. <laughs> um, if, like, we, I would have wanted to get a striker in at halftime. But I think, like, having that midfield build some continuity, like, with Gio Reyna and with the defense and with Serginho Dest, I think is probably important. So I agree. Um, I didn't have too much of a problem with that. But in the 71st minute... Uh, Johnny Cardoso came on for Tyler Adams to play in the uh, number six role, and Ulises Yanez uh, came on for Conrad De La Fuente. And as I alluded to earlier, Ulises Yanez came on and immediately, almost immediately, got a shot off. He didn't do a whole lot after that, uh, and I think he definitely has to improve and grow, and part of that is playing for Heron Van right now, where he is on loan from um, Wolfsburg. So... I mean, I think Uli's can be a really good player, so um, I, I thought he did okay. I thought he did pretty pretty okay. And then, um, what'd you think of Johnny Cardoso? I, I was encouraged by what I saw from him. I mean, I guess you didn't really watch the second half, right? I don't know if we, we revealed that, but did you, get, <laughs> did, you, did you get a chance to see Johnny Cardoso play a little bit? I, I, I did, I did. I, I thought okay. he, was, I thought he was, felt, looked pretty comfortable. I mean, obviously, you know, it's... It's hard to step into Tyler Adams' shoes, but I mean, yeah, I, I didn't think we lost much of a beat in the midfield. I'm I'm starting to I'm starting to realize how much you value how comfortable a player appears to be on the pitch. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's, I agree. I agree. It feels like that. Like that. That is a big part of, of the it sport. It is. It is, and I think he can be that like, um, that traditional number six um, that can win the ball. Um, and, you know, play the ball forward. Uh, he, Tyler Adams, I guess, I mean, Tyler, I don't know. Tyler Adams, he doesn't fit that m- mold necessarily just because he's so versatile. I think in my mind, I envision, like, traditional number six as limited players, you know, in that they can't really play any other position. Um, that's not necessarily right. true. Which is not the, really the way, not, the way the game's going now, too. It's, it's changing, but... I mean, you have yeah. players like uh, Sergio Busquets, um... So, and then, yeah, and others. Sure. Um, so, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I thought he looked good. And he had a professional foul. His passing looked good. Um, he's a young player. He's playing in Brazil. So he's, he's exciting. Uh, did you have any thoughts on Uli? Yeah. I mean, like you said, I, I thought that, 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 that shot was very exciting. Really good ter- turn to actually, it was a turn then shot, right? It was yeah. Just yeah. One time. Okay. Yeah. It was a great time. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, that was probably one of the most exciting moments of the match, actually. And uh, that was, like, right after he came on, right? So, right. Um, other than that, though, I mean, I didn't think he made too much of an impact. Again, I mean, the, 
this, this is sometimes just friendly is when all the subs are coming in like in, in a span of 20 minutes it's, it's sometimes get gets hard to actually evaluate anything that's going on so right agreed but he's got promise for sure he does yeah um and i feel you know wingers especially when they come out at the end of the games it's like it's so hard to evaluate um speaking of which in the 79th minute uh, Timothy Weah came on for Gio Reyna. Or Timothy, did I say Timothy? I said Weah, right? Timothy Weah, came, <laughs> Timothy Weah came on for Gio Reyna um, on the right on the right side, um, uh, right, right wing, excuse me. And Nicholas jo- Joachini came on for Yunus Musa. Sebastian Legit uh, dropped back in the midfield, and uh, Joachini played at striker. As I alluded to, I mean, there wasn't much time. Timothy Weah didn't do too, a whole lot. Joaquini didn't really get many touches. I don't really think we learned anything from them. The game sort of fizzled out at that point. Yeah, both those players came on the 79th minute. They only played for 10 minutes. I didn't see much. Yeah. And there's no stoppage time. So, um, And then in the 87th minute, uh, Reggie Cannon, who did actually get a couple touches, uh, came on for Serginio Dest. Reggie Cannon looked uh, brilliant as usual. And uh, Owen Otisoe, the... Um, Center defensive mid, uh, center defensive midfielder slash center back uh, came on making his debut. Um, the Wolverhampton player, actually the Wolves player. So, um, you know, I'm sure I'm sure Daryl would have been ecstatic um, that he was on the pitch. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought he actually looked pretty good too. I, I was he had some a couple of really good touches. He he got forward once, um, which sort of definitely broke my preconceived notions of him and everything I had heard. I thought he was again just a very like defensive midfielder. Um, so yeah, I mean they both looked. They, there was not, not a whole lot to learn um, in in that regard. Um, so I don't know the players who didn't play Ethan Horvath and uh, the goalkeeper. And uh, Chituru Odunze, uh, the goal- young goalkeeper for Leicester City, didn't play. Tim Ream didn't play. Chris Richards also did not play. And then uh, Richie Ledesma and Sebastian Soto did not get on the pitch. So I- I'm interested to see if any of those guys make make it on next time. Um, I... I would like to see a Chris Richards start. That probably will not happen, just to right. get more chemistry with the center-back pairing. But <laughs> Yeah, well, Aaron Long's been awful this year, so I think... I think he's sort of fallen out of favor. Um, so, you know, it's really Miazga's position to lose right now, and hopefully he loses it to Chris Richards. Um, and then I, I would like to see either Sebastian Soto or Joe Kini play up top next time. That would be that would be my um, ideal situation. I agree with that. Any other final really any Anyone who can actually play a striker would be an upgrade. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not like that's full. Uh... Yeah, I think. I mean, you, you said earlier like you didn't you didn't notice that much tactically. I think actually something that I heard Stu Holden say and that I heard Greg Berhalter mention a couple times leading up to this game is that they were trying to oversimplify things. A lot of these new players are in new club environments. Um, I mean, you know, they're like uh, the obvious wrinkles, like like you know, allowing giving space for Des to become more attacking and things like that. But other than, I mean, yeah, it, it was it was a game. To try and get the players comfortable, try and get some chemistry. Lots of new, lots of players making their debut, and um, yeah, I think it's it's like there was sloppiness. There was there was times where it felt like there was uh, a bunch of nice sparks, a bunch of nice first touches, and then someone just kind of screwed up, maybe because of the conditions or just because of nerves or whatever it may be. But I mean, at the end of the day, you know, like I, I don't, I didn't really care about the result. It was just nice to see 
well, first of all, this team play again and some of these players get on the pitch for the first time and for the first time in a while. Yeah, I, I wish we did get a goal, but you know what? Such is life. At least we didn't concede. Um, anyway, the U.S. does play next on Monday against Panama in Austria, I believe. Um, and that is at 2.45 p.m. Eastern Time. And I believe that is on ESPN, but don't quote me on that. And the time, the time this time was actually quite refreshing for U.S. soccer. Like it was okay. It was like a, it said two forty-five, and it was like a two fifty kickoff. So I, I was I was pretty well, I was pleasantly surprised with that. The the lineup dropped at one nineteen. I was so confused because usually that happens like an hour, like right. exactly an hour beforehand, and I was like, is so, "Am I gonna? What is going on here?" But the wrong lineup, granted, but at least we got a lineup. <laughs> That's, that's actually true. Uh, that's very true. Uh, anyway, uh, that's it for me. Anything anything else you want to say? Uh, no. Um, yeah, you guys can probably catch us on Monday. I, 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 we haven't really talked about a schedule going forward, but um, I would definitely like to keep a close eye on the USMNT, uh, like even during the club games, and maybe we can both make sure to watch uh different games or maybe, maybe same games yeah maybe that's what we should just do we should just become a u.s soccer podcast maybe well yeah i, I mean we kind of I mean, already yeah. are but yeah i don't know i mean if there's like I, I feel like if there's like big champions league games or like the world cups happening like i'm, I'm definitely willing to well to watch... those cases. <laughs> yeah i'm also willing to watch the world cup <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i think i think for now just that might be a, a nice way to get on a schedule and uh, because yeah, this team's super exciting, and it'll be fun to watch these these players in Europe every week. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, since the last time we recorded, and since we started, there's so many soccer podcasts now. So we really appreciate if any of you have gotten this far. We really appreciate you. Um, please make sure you do follow us at on Twitter at Soccer Bros Pod. Um, we're also on Facebook, uh, Facebook.com/slash Soccer Brothers Podcast. Uh, I remember it, Sal. I'm not even looking at it. Uh, <laughs> um, you can email us at soccerbrotherspodcast at gmail.com. Yes, you can. I what I I got to open up that email and see if there's anything there, honestly. Um, but yeah, email us questions, thoughts about the game, uh, whatever. Uh, we'll work on getting the website back up. Maybe that's not a promise, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, and yeah, I'm just excited to be back, man. I'm excited to be back. And talking to you about soccer. Me too, me too. That's, there's a lot of... I don't even think we've mentioned the pandemic in this entire episode. <laughs> I mean, you, you said something You said something like a lot has happened. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. I guess that, that does imply that. But uh, yeah, no, it is, it is good. I mean, obviously so much uncertainty. I think we're going to be... I think it's going to get a little worse in the next few months. We're going to be inside a lot. So let's Why? just watch some soccer and... Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be COVID testing a lot. So I, I that's what I was doing today. Congratulations, by the way, on the new job. Oh, well, thank you. Yes, I'm in Chicago now, for those of you who don't know. Um, and, well, yeah, I was COVID testing during the game today, which is why I missed a lot of the first half. Because we had 70 people come in like half an hour. Um, but, yes, we, I, I, I don't even know. How do we end these podcasts usually? What, how do <laughs> I don't know, but you, I think that they're probably hearing music by this point, right? Yeah, well, probably. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you guys for listening. See you later. Soccer, soccer, soccer. Okay. <laughs>